feel like having your name first and foremost and your contact information is like is is the first place you should start. I've seen a lot of CVs, especially from European countries, where people have a picture on there. Um, that's definitely not common and where I'm you know, sort of been working. I have received CVs with pictures and it's one of these things where, you know, you kind of look at it and go, I don't know what that added or took away from the CV. Oh, it's common in the Philippines um, too. So, oh, it is I really? I my first CV, I had my picture in it. <laughs> Why? What, what, did, what did that in a picture? Take me through the process. What does adding a picture add to the CV? Welcome to the 20 Minute Mentors Podcast. This is Mike. And today we're going to be talking about CVs or curriculum vitae, I think, if you're in a different country. I think CV actually stands for curriculum vitae, but it's just been shortened everywhere, especially in the UK. Do you know them as CVs or curriculum vitae? To be honest, we call them resumes. (laughs) (laughs) Neither. (laughs) Fine. Okay. But I think CV kind of has more like a more formal note to it. Not sure Hmm. though. I wonder where the word resume comes for. Because I remember the first time that I made a CV was during my last year in college because we had a thesis and Mm. the instructors made us create a a CV. And I was like, what is a CV? They were basically like, do you have a current resume? Yes, I do. Okay. That's the same thing. Wow. So resume comes from the Latin word re and then sumer, which means back tick, which is interesting. Learned something already in this podcast. Yeah, but cur- curriculum vitae, that's also Latin, right? Probably. We'll, we'll, have, we'll look at that while we're talking. So, yes, this episode we're talking about resumes, CVs, curriculum vitae, uh, whatever you want to call them. Essentially, it's the document or piece of paper, if you're old like me, that you would give out to a potential business or recruiter or an employer. Now, I have seen a lot of resumes or CVs in my time. Um, you know, in my last few roles, I've worked as a hiring manager and I've hired, um, you know, about 10 or 15 people across my career. So going through a resume, looking at what content is on there and what people are sort of, how people are portraying themselves has been a, a real big part of what I've been doing over the past, at least my couple of roles. What we want this episode to be is a kind of a, what should be on there, how you should be presenting yourself, what formats you could use. Um, there's also some really good resources online. Um, but before we do any of that, I'll take you on my journey of my first resume. So I joined the working world when I left college, actually when I was at college. Um, and my first resume was a copy of my mum's. I got her resume from her. I put it into Word and I copied the format exactly, changed the name, changed the phone number, and then put in my different bits of experience. And I remember looking at it and thinking it's essentially one 
there's one bit of experience here, which is doing the volunteer role I was doing before I got into work in them. There is very little in education. It's just some GCSEs or for the rest of the world, sort of secondary school qualifications. Um, there's not really a great deal that I'm selling myself here. So I looked at then how can I take, you know, what is a volunteer role and some secondary school qualifications and break that out and to be a bit more interesting. So I started putting some of my hobbies on there. Um, and in the end, it ended up being a complete gobbled mess of you know, this is who I am and I enjoy going out for walks and I enjoy running and I like playing football and I got some Bs at GCSE level. So I think having that person to help you steer what information should and shouldn't be on your CV and how to present it is, is super important. And it's something we don't do enough of. So starting with the very basics, I mean, Mike, you have a CV, right? Yeah. And now, now that I listened to you, you know, share about your first CV, I was also thinking about the first CV or resume that I had. And yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much similar. I just put in my hobbies and <laughs> on top of that, I actually included the school seminars, symposiums and other stuff that I got a certificate on to my CV. I don't know if that helped though, because yeah. I stopped doing it nowadays, but yeah, th that's because we did, I didn't really know what to put in my CV, especially that, you know, if you're fresh from school and you don't have that experience yet, then yeah, it's basically a blank slate for you. So what, what can you put in there? Right. So I guess that's one of the things that we can exactly. cover this episode. Yeah. And hundred percent. And the things that I, I look for on a CV or that, you know, I crafted mine around was your personal profile. You know, this is a paragraph or maybe two or three lines on your CV where you can convey who you are to the reader. Now, obviously you're going to have your name on there. Ideally some type of contact information. I've brought my CV up now to look at and, you know, my CV now has my name. It has my address, my phone number and my email address on it. They're not mandatory things. An email address is normally enough, but I feel like having your name first and foremost and your contact information is like, is, is the first place you should start. I've seen a lot of CVs, especially from European countries where people have a picture on there. Um, that's definitely not common in where I'm you know, sort of been working. I have received CVs with pictures and it's one of these things where, you know, you kind of look at it and go, I don't know what that added or took away from the CV. Oh, it's common in the Philippines um, too. So, oh, it is I really? My first CV, I had my picture in it. <laughs> Why? What, what, what does that in a picture? Take me through the process. What does that in a picture add to the CV? To be honest, I don't know though what value it adds. Maybe it adds a face to the application. But then again, that that could work both ways, though. I mean, if you have someone who's judgmental and when it comes to physical appearances, then yeah, that may not mm. work well to your advantage. But yeah, th that's actually a good point. But in the Philippines, yeah, it is very common to have pictures or photos in the, your CV. It's yeah, so I guess the answer there is read the market you're in, right? name, contact information, maybe a picture. I mean, like I said, in the UK and in America, it's not common from what I've seen. Definitely in Europe, I have seen it. I've hired a couple of guys in Poland and in Ukraine and in Estonia, and they've all had pictures on their CVs. So maybe it's just a UK particular thing. Um, so if you listen in the UK, don't do it. If you listen everywhere else, maybe do it, I guess. It's it kind of reading the market that you're in. Mm, yeah, if next, you're listening everywhere else, don't do it as well. I mean, I stopped doing it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But the thing is about a CV, right, is it's, or a resume, it's supposed to, it's supposed to stand out. That's the whole reason you do a CV. It's, a, it's your opportunity to sell yourself on one, two, three, however many pages. Um, I'd always recommend trying to keep a CV as concise as possible because as a hiring manager, you don't want to be sat there reading page after page after page about someone's experience. You kind of get a gist quite quickly. But yeah, that's the kind of purpose. So maybe that's where the picture thing comes from, is trying to make your CV stand out in some way. Yeah, possibly. But to be honest, there could also be a time thing, or I mean the, the period of time when you actually created or submitted your CV. I'm not sure if you've seen some recently, but I'm sure in the past that they probably did it because right now, most of the people just, you know, spice up their, their LinkedIn profiles and then slap the link over their CV and then maybe recruiters would just, you know, visit the, their LinkedIn profiles if it's available. But not really sure. I mean, when it comes to standing up in your CV as well, I think technology made it so that most of the details or like how your CV looks doesn't matter that much anymore at the moment because we have AI you know, programs that goes through CVs by bulk and then just gets keywords. I've, I've heard um, some stories about that, which we can probably cover it later in this episode. But yeah, that's also the thing about technology and, you know, how to stand out when you're applying for jobs. 100%. And, you know, um, yeah, I was going to touch on it a little bit later, but, you know, when you do submit your CV, there is systems that will scan over and look for a particular thing within your CV. That would always depend whether it's going directly to a company or to an agency or, or you know, or whoever is sort of being the person that reviews that CV for you. You've got your contact information, you've got a personal profile, you've maybe got a picture. I wouldn't advise it, but obviously as we discussed there, there's a bit of a, 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 a camp. Um, the next thing I would put on there would be your core, your core qualifications if you have them. So this could be, you know, um, if you've done a course, um, you know, what course you've done and how it's applicable. I have, you know, any certifications I've got are in that section. Um, and it's just a really simple, at a glance way of going, this is Matt, this is what he says about himself. This is the qualifications that he has. Now, qualifications could be education as well as professional. I don't think it really matters in the, the sort of core qualifications section. All you're doing is trying to create a place to make your profile jump out. And after that, I would probably recommend work experience if you have any. If you don't have any work experience, this is a really good place to call out volunteer experience. So I tend to detail my title if I had one, or whether it's volunteer or you know what role I'm doing, the company itself, and the dates I worked there. And and then underneath that, include a really simple, you know, it tends to be a paragraph, maybe a slightly longer paragraph and a few lines about what I was doing at that role, and you know what my key achievements were. I've seen CVs where people have just put the rule and then not explained it any further. And I think from a hiring manager perspective, you look at that and it, it kind of shouts out that this person either didn't do a great deal in the rule or they don't have a huge pride about that rule. So I think just putting a couple of lines in there to say, I worked at X company as X job title. And while I was there, I was responsible for you know, whatever it might be. It just helps to shout about a bit about what you're doing. Um, and as you've rightly said, you know, you can use, you know, there are tools like Grammarly. Um, there's AI tools that can help you craft that sentence or that paragraph to make it sound really strong. Um, but I would definitely recommend having that there. So just to recap, work experience, your role, the company, 
the industry to, and a few lines about what you did at that role or at that industry. The reason that that's important is because, as Michael touched on earlier, you have tools that scan CVs looking for keywords. Um, they're known as ATSs or applicant tracking systems. And this will tend to be when you submit your CV off to a business, um, an ATS, they'll put it through an ATS. I've worked with a couple in the past and what it does is it'll scan your CV, um, providing it's in PDF or Word format, which is normally the ideal formats to submit them in. And it will look for, you know, we are looking for a developer. So am I seeing developer keywords? Um, and these keywords can be set by the business or can be set by the tool, but it will look for things like Java. It will look for things like SQL or terms that are applicable to the rule that you're applying for. So making that work experience section concise, but also including some of the things that you've done will help your CV pop up on those um, applicant tracking services. Mm-hmm. What would you have next then, Michael? So we've got your profile qualifications and work experience. What else would you include on your CV? I'm actually looking at my CV at the moment as well. I put in a small section that's called skills, but just to add a little bit more about, you know, what you touch about on work experience. And I 100% agree uh, where you, you need to add a, a few lines about what your role or what you did in that capacity on that company or as part of your experience. Because nowadays, job titles are... I don't really know what the right term is, but for for some, it's out of this world. Like people easily, you know, can create a a job title that is very niche compared to in the past where you're a doctor, then yeah, you're a doctor, you're a cashier, you're a cashier, you're an accountant, you're an accountant. But now you have hundreds or maybe, you know, thousands of different variations to a single title. So it would be helpful not just for yourself, but for the recruiter themselves to be able to understand a little bit of what you did in that role. Because I know that for customer service agents, there's a hundred different ways to put the title in, like customer experience manager, what else? Yeah, just go on LinkedIn and then type in customer service and you definitely get all those different titles uh, some would call um, themselves as manager but in fact there was they were just team leads and those are different roles so it would be nice to have like a, a little explanation or just a few lines of description as to what things you did in that role just to help out you know with the keywords as well and to help out the recruiter see if you are indeed a good fit for the role that they're hiring for and going back yeah I'm sorry for you know, that um, additional information. But yeah, I added a, a small section for skills. I, I think this helps for the keyword part as well. So uh, for my case, I just put in, you know, I have skills in product management, I have skills in customer service and all that. So it's a good way to add those words under that specific section, especially if you don't have that much of work experience when it comes to that job that you're applying for. I think it's a really good shout. I mean, skills is, you know, I, I include it in the top end. I think as long as it's there, it's a good, it's a bit like putting tags on a, on a video or putting like keywords in something like it's somewhere that if the OCV is going to go through one of those applicant tracking services and you will never know, you know, it will just go through. Um, it's a good place where the system can go. Oh, it's mentioned, as you said, product, 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 plan, scrum. Like there's these words that are popping up and it will say, okay, I found 
know, seven instances of the word product in the CV. So likely that person's going to have product experience. So I'm going to push that to the next stage. So having that skill section is yeah, definitely a really, uh, almost a must, I would say. Whether you have it under, under sort of embedded in qualifications in some way or you have it personal skills, I think it's a really good place to, to have that information saved. I think another area that I see a lot and I think it's quite a icebreaker during interviews is hobbies and interests. Mm. You can look at a CV and it will paint a picture of you as an individual. The way that you get your personality across is through your hobbies and interests. And the hobbies and interests section can be, if managed right, can be a really good place, like I said, to break the ice during interviews, just to prompt a conversation. And it can also be a bit of an awkward place. So for example, I, the last role that I interviewed for uh, during the hobby's interest, the person had mentioned that he really enjoyed, I think it was kayaking as part of his interest. So it was like, you know, reading, kayaking and, and some of the physical sport. And I clicked on kayaking. I thought, okay, I don't know anything about this. So to upset this person at ease during an interview, I can talk about their hobbies and interests. And it's just a really simple place for the, the hiring manager or recruiter to go to, to go, actually, what common interests do I have with this person outside of their professional life? What common interests do we have? I've seen some really quite bizarre things in the hobbies and interests section before. But so I think keeping it as concise as possible, you know, if you do have a hobby which, which is applicable to the role that you're applying to, definitely call it out. You know, if you, I don't know, let's say you're applying to a role in a crypto company and you have for years done your own crypto mining or you've set up your own crypto project, that should go in your experience definitely but should go in your hobbies and interests too so i think it's the hobbies and interests and skill sections are two which are often forgotten about but are are very key to kind of getting your personality and yourself across in the cv i'd also recommend depending on what role you're applying for having multiple versions of your cv um so for example if you're applying for a role that's in a telecoms industry look at your cv and look at what is in your skills and hobbies and interests that could be applicable to the telecoms industry. If you have work experience that is in telecoms, but it's you know sort of tweaked underneath other bits of experience, I would definitely um, call those areas out and look at maybe tailoring your CV so you have a, a generic CV that can go out to almost any role, a CV that can go out to financial services, a CV that can go out to development, retail, etc. Just having slight tweaks in your CV that makes it more tailored to the role that you're applying to. Yes, that is very important to have as well. Personally, I have probably eight different versions of my CV, which is very helpful as well if you're trying to, you know, as what we've also mentioned in the previous episode, like trying to change your career or trying to figure out, like if you want to get your hands in a specific industry or field. So as what Matt said, um, tailoring your CV to reflect um, something that's very relevant to the role that you're applying for, that will definitely be very helpful for you. Yeah. And I think the the next part, so we know what sections we want to have. Now, when it comes to format and what actually makes a good CV, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, what some people might be looking for in one CV might not match entirely with what another person's looking for. So when it comes to, you know, how to actually format your CV and what type of template to put it into. There are resources online that can help with that. I know that Microsoft Word and Apple Pages have a built-in resume sort of template you can use. Uh, You can go to a website such as Monster and Total Jobs here in the UK 
that will give you a resume example that you can follow. So how you lay your CV out is really a reflection of your personality. Um, so we can't say, you know, it must be 16 pixels in text and this font and laid out in this particular way, but that, that will be on you to kind of convey your personality through. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the content you put in, um, definitely following those sections will really help. Yes, and, and to add to the resources that you touch on, uh, like Monster in the UK, one thing that's also very popular nowadays is Canva. So a lot of people actually use Canva because of uh, the ease of use uh, for creating documents. And plus they have hundreds of community contributed templates that you can also copy and use for your CV. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's very visually attractive, the, the templates that you get from Canva. But anyways, I'm not going to touch on that for now. Mm. Matt mentioned one of the resources that gives out templates for CV. So I personally use the templates from Microsoft Word, and this has served me well for over the past five years. And yeah, that's it for CV templates. I think when using these templates, you've got to be mindful of how big your CV gets. You know, I've had quite a varied background and worked in a few different industries. And my CV is three pages. Um, and I think some people would say that's too long. Some people would say, you know, CV has to be two pages. I, I haven't seen a hard and fast rule, really. I think um, if you are changing around rules quite a lot and you've moved around different industries, then your CV will naturally get bigger and bigger. Um, there's, there's sort of nothing that can be done about that. I think as long as what is relevant is on your CV, then I think, you know, they, there's, there's not a wrong answer. For example, I worked in retail as one of my first jobs, then I worked in, in the military, and then I got into IT. Now, I probably wouldn't put you know, two paragraphs about what I did in retail when I'm applying for an IT role. I'd probably just omit them. And, you know, my sort of professional CV starts with my first you know, role in IT. Same with the military, you know, I'll put it as my, in my skills as, you know, these skills and I obtained them from the military, but I wouldn't include my military role really on my CV because although it shows a type of character, it doesn't necessarily have that correlation directly to the role I'm applying for. I think once you have your CV created, I think the next thing is to get it out there. So, you know, you you know what type of rules you're looking for. Hopefully by this point, you've crafted your CV and got that information together. You've got your profile, qualifications, work experience, hobbies and skills. You've got it into a document, uh, whether it be Word or PDF. Um, I'd normally suggest PDF. Um, I just find that a bit easier. Um, so I'll create a document and export it as PDF. And then I upload it to different job sites. Now, the job sites that you're uploading to will depend on the industry that you're interested in. So again, it's quite difficult to give a explicit put it on this page. You can link CVs to your LinkedIn profile if you've created one. Um, but you can also create a profile on um, very common job sites. I think the big ones in the UK are Read, Total Jobs and Indeed. Uh, you can create a profile, attach your CV. And a bit like the applicant tracking services do when you apply for a job, uh, these systems will search your CV and then look at rules that it thinks are applicable. But it also makes that submitting of your CV very easy because you apply for a role, your CV is already attached to the database and you just submit with one click. So getting your CV into the place that you're going to be using to apply for roles is is absolutely key. Once you've created it, making it available and making sure it's there for someone to grab hold of. Okay. When you've got your CV put together, you can then use tools, as Michael's mentioned at the beginning there, sort of things like 
AI or Grammarly to check over and make sure that your CV is, you know, presenting those keywords, but also in the best place it can be. I have definitely run my CV through AI tools in the past to make sure that, you know, the sentence structure makes sense. Where I've thought about something, half written it, then changed it, actually does it still make sense and convey who I am and what I'm trying to say. Um, and there are also paid resources online, companies who will review a CV for you and let you know sort of if your CV is hitting the criteria that a hiring manager would look for. I would personally say early on in your career, it's not really worth investing the money into these services because although you know they might give you some, some advice, it, it's probably not going to be um, that helpful if you don't have a huge amount of experience already um you know there's only so much you can edit something which might not have that much content to it what i would say is submit your cv to a recruitment agency um and some of the best and most frank feedback i've got on my cv has come from recruiters and recruitment agencies um where they again know what a hiring manager is looking for uh, they know the type of content that they want to see and i'm continuously you know getting emails from recruitment agencies who have got hold of my cv that have said you know this rule's come up and the hiring manager wants to see experience of this thing. Can you add it to your CV if you've got experience? Can you tailor the sentence to elaborate on this thing? So again, recruitment agencies are a, a really valuable resource in giving you that frank and honest feedback and also how to tailor your CV if you have applied for a role to match what the hiring manager that role is actually after. And also one piece of advice when creating your CV be honest about what you put in your CV. Oh, yes. Yes. I know, Matt. We've, we've had instances in the past. <laughs> where, but yeah, be honest. And I know it's tempting to put in you know, stuff that you find online that you probably have some idea about, but you didn't really have any experience or that much hands-on knowledge about it. So if you're not sure about it, don't include it in your CV because one way or the other, you are going to be caught in that lie and it's not going to look good 100 percent. there's a bit of a um a meme here in the uk um, which is you know lied on their cv and it's you know normally a way of showing an image of work that's been done badly or poorly there is definitely a case for learn on the job but i would say on your cv try and be as honest as possible um, because you know, you're either going to get found out during an interview or within the first few months. And then that potentially looks a bit more tricky to try and explain why you, know, you were at a job for two or three months, because actually something you said on your CV wasn't entirely accurate. And then you didn't remain there for much longer. So I think being as honest as humanly possible on your CV, as Michael said, that really gives that much better impression of who you are and what you're about. We laugh because you know, we've both worked with people and, and seen some CVs where you look at it and go, that's really, I don't understand how that can be true. And I don't understand how that person thought they had that skill set. And, you know, there is many a story we could recount of individuals that we've worked with who you know, have had themselves as a senior manager and they've come into the business. And actually some of the questions they're asking really don't reflect what was written on their CV. So be honest, be concise and, um, and yeah, try and avoid embellishing or elaborating too much. Um, it will only come back to bite you if it's found out. Yeah, exactly true. And there's also one thing that you can avoid if you just stay honest in your CV. 
we're probably going to talk about this in future episodes when we come up to the topic about, you know, um, surviving the actual workplace. Because there's this thing called imposter syndrome. And lying on your CV is probably one of the best contributors to the imposter syndrome. So, yeah, more about it in future episodes. But bottom line is, just be honest. Yeah. And also, Matt, Lynch. I think we can come up with probably a bonus episode about all those, you know, lying on your CV bloopers. <laughs> that would be a fun, fun one to you know record. We might do it. Yeah, we might do it. I think that will um, that that would be quite interesting to kind of to recount and go through those stories. Um, there is some really good resources if you're not entirely sure of what to include on your CV. And again, I'll put the links in the show notes for this episode. The rule of thumb I would use is if it's something you would talk about in a professional environment, then absolutely put it on your CV. If it's something that maybe you wouldn't talk about in a in a work environment, then maybe don't put it on your CV. A good example, and I'll use one in the past, is um, someone I interviewed had put on there that they were in the top percentage of Fortnite players for the country, which again is a really interesting achievement, but it doesn't necessarily relate to the role that they were applying for. So it's like, it, you know, if they were applying to a games development company or, you know, a company that specialized in development in that way, that would be a really interesting and cool thing to have on your CV. But to a, you know, a software house that we were at the time, it just didn't match and didn't translate. And it actually brought their CV down a bit because you would see, you know, work experience, work experience. And then it was work experience two months while they kind of you know took time off to become a top rated player in Fortnite. I was like, okay, well, I, I see, but I don't, I don't fully understand how that translates to the role that you're looking for now. So, yeah, being honest, being concise, and, and keeping things as neat and tidy as possible, I think, are the biggest piece of advice we can give here. Mm-hmm. Just came to my mind, kind of like a eureka moment. But if you're someone who's in the content creation industry, or perhaps maybe social media, or marketing or anything that has to do with something that you've actually done uh, in the past. This also goes out to freelancers or those who have not been contractually employed. But it's also important to add in probably links or copies of your portfolio or things that you've done in the past just to showcase um, your experience in that field. I guess it also goes out to developers as well, right? Like, you know, things that you've worked on in the past. So you can add it to like maybe a small portfolio section, depending on the, the job or the industry that you're really in. Okay. So we've done a lot of talking about CVs in this episode. As we've touched on, making sure that your CV is in a format that is readable, uh, making sure it's in either Word or PDF, having those key sections, such as personal profile, core qualifications, work experience, and then skills and hobbies, if it's applicable, making sure that your CV is concise and truthful it, it is really important. And then also trying to tailor it to roles that it is applicable for. Um, this isn't as important, uh, but like I said, having a couple of copies that you can send to maybe different industries is definitely a, a work smart idea. With that being said, I think we've covered everything we can on CVs. If you have any questions, comments or concerns, you can always get in touch with us uh, with our contact details being in the show notes. I think that's everything from my side. Over to you, Mike. Yeah, you pretty much said everything that's on my mind as well. So, Yeah. If you want to reach out to us, if you have any comments, suggestions, reactions, or even violent reactions, feel free to reach out to us in our YouTube channel uh, with the same name. And we're also including a link uh, in the episode show notes containing a way that you can send us a, a voice message 
that we can include in future episodes as well. And having said that, Matt, do the honors. Yeah, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. All right, Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.